Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Welcome in. It's time for another edition of the Rural Mutual Roundtable, a conversation to try to help you better understand insurance products available across the state of Wisconsin thanks to Rural Mutual Insurance. The money paid here stays here to keep Wisconsin strong. I'm Pam Yonke, and we're focused in today on the changing terrain across the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, that's right. Suddenly, we've got winter to deal with. And if you're involved in production agriculture, that can bring some unique challenges. Joining me today to discuss trying to be safer on the farm and being a little proactive on Wisconsin's winter damage potential are Carl Tomforta and Tony Aguano. They are two rural mutual insurance agents that are in northwest Wisconsin, kind enough to join me today. Thanks, fellas, for taking the time to chat. First of all, let's start off a little bit about where you folks come from and how you got connected with rural mutual insurance. Carl, why don't we start with you? Give me your background. How did you get hooked up with rural mutual insurance? I had a, back in 1999, I joined Rural Insurance. I was lucky enough to have a really good friend already selling for Rural Mutual Insurance. And uh, he definitely loved his career and, you know, was telling me a lot about the family atmosphere of Rural Insurance and what they do. So uh, I was living in California at the time and uh, I wanted to get back to Wisconsin. And it just, I was lucky enough they were the number one farm company in Wisconsin. I uh, grew up originally on a dairy farm in central Wisconsin in the Gilman area. And uh, so it was just a really good fit. So yeah. I've been around, like I say, now 24 years and uh, kind of specialized in the farm area. The farm is definitely in my blood, being a, a dairy farmer, you know, growing up on a dairy farm. So very good fit. And Rural Mutual is a, a very good family for the farm situation. Wonderful. I can understand why you would be lured back. Tony Aguado, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get hooked up with the Rural Mutual folks? Yeah, I came to over to Rural in uh, 2019. I actually sought it out and approached Carl about it because I was teaching middle school during the school year and swinging a hammer and bending nails during the summer, uh, putting up buildings and such for farmers, lake houses, putting on new roofs, whatever the phone called for is kind of what we did. Um, my area of expertise, I didn't grow up on a dairy farm like Carl, but my side of thing is really the commercial looking at the buildings for the farmers, explaining to them, hey, this is why we can offer X coverage on this building, but not this building and being able to kind of layman's term it as to how they're built and why we can offer what we can offer. Well, and that's going to be some critical information we'll want to get to today because folks, we're focused in on Wisconsin's winters. It takes a toll on us physically and it can take a toll on us as far as buildings, equipment, even our livestock. And that's where we want to focus our attention on this edition of the Rural Mutual Roundtable proactive. So first, let's start off a little bit, fellas. Uh, as we speak, things have not yet turned really vicious in Wisconsin for the winters. But the, this is a time of year when you really encourage people to slow down and think about their preparation for winter. Harvest is done. Our first premonition is just take a break, take a deep breath. But this is also the time when you want them to be thinking proactive. Carl, let's start with you. Buildings. That I heard it in Tony's comments. I heard it in your comments. Our buildings are a very big 
key asset to the farm. And I'm guessing in your course of both your times, you've seen how the size of these buildings, the span of these buildings, what they're putting in these buildings has changed. Tell me a little bit about what it was like when you got started, Carl, and what you're noticing today about farmsteads. Yes, uh, back when I started 24 years ago, uh, if you've seen a 40-foot wide by 80-foot long shed, that was still considered a pretty good-sized shed. You know, when you grow up milking 50, 60 cows, that, that's a good-sized farm building. But as some of these get to be 120 feet wide and 200 feet long and even bigger than that, spans keep getting bigger and bigger, uh, sidewalls keep getting taller and taller, uh, back, you know, 20 years ago, you've seen a few 16-foot tall buildings. These days, it's almost a standard, and some 18s and taller even. So, yes, bigger, bigger buildings for sure, and much wider buildings. So, snow load's always a concern. And like you say, this is a great time of year to be uh, very proactive, seeing how the buildings are doing. Right, right. Now, you guys in northwest Wisconsin have seen, unfortunately, uh, some stories around snow loads. Uh, like we said, a few years back, northwest Wisconsin was making the news for all the wrong reasons with collapses on heifer sheds, collapse on barns, uh, ripped uh, tin roofs, that type of thing. Uh, how do you approach that? When you get a call, what are some of the first questions that you ask somebody, Tony? Well, I guess first questions we would ask is, are there, is, there, is there anybody hurt? Is everybody okay? The building can be replaced. We're worried more immediately about people, at least in my mind. And then just getting out there, getting the claim turned in and helping them do what we can. They're more just wondering, all right, where do we move the cattle? So calling all our other farms, who's got extra space, who's already overcrowded, who can handle milking an extra 50 head as we disperse a maybe a thousand cow herd here and there. You know, that's not something to be taken lightly either. I mean, there was a time when the neighbor wasn't too far down the road and did have space for another 5, 10 cows. You get a large dairy like Carl was alluding to with some of those big barns. Uh, just that connectivity can be critical. How do you guys maintain those relationships? I mean, like you said, uh, somebody to call on <laughs> when you need to be able to find a home for cattle. We, we actually try to maintain a list when we're out doing a farm review. Uh, Tony's very good at it also, just asking, do you have room? Are you willing to take that phone call? You know, could you take 60 or 100 head of cattle on some of these large dairies? Can you overcrowd and open up one of your normal pens that maybe you, you run 60 to 80 head in? Uh, sometimes we know somebody that just expanded and still have room for a couple hundred head or somebody that just got out of even dairy and that used to milk 120 cows and still have the equipment. They might not have the feed there, but at least if it's close, they can move the cattle and haul feed there. So so we do try to you know kind of have an emergency list in mind, and it is pretty amazing how uh, a lot of people definitely know each other. They put the feel out there on Facebook or some social needs. So as the emergencies happen and things do come together pretty fast sometimes. But like I said, that again, folks, is one of the very valuable elements that's not always brought up about rural mutual insurance. It's the agent's connectivity to one another. And it's also the outreach that they do for situations like we're discussing. Let's say the barn goes down because of a heavy snow load. Those relationships really matter. Let's go a little deeper on just exactly what I need to think through 
through when it comes to being proactive. Tony mentioned the safety factor. You want to be safe. If we start accumulating snow loads, what do you guys advise your clients? I mean, uh, how much is too much? Uh, what areas of the barn or the heifer shed or the, uh, the machine shed do I have to kind of be mindful of or monitoring? Well, we always kind of, I guess, how much is too much is a good question. We always consult a building engineer because they're going to be rated for how many pounds or tons per square foot a building can take. I'm a little bit different. I don't like any snow on my roof. I keep my house completely clear, but my house is uh, not a just an older hay shed. It has a little more strength to it. But watching for the wind drifts, they can pile up on the peak. And then we've got the, the weakest part right there where it's not right above the walls and it's pushing right down from the center. So yeah, just keeping the roofs clear, look for the ventilation on top of the roofs, make sure that that's staying clear and open too, so that that warm air can exhaust out and not lead to further damages with ice or moisture building up in the building. Now, you mentioned you like it one way. I, I, I agree with you. None is best. But trying to get that snow off after it's accumulated can also be a liability. You mentioned making sure people are safe, pe- people are healthy. I have seen a lot of contraptions, Carl, of people putting together to try to figure out how they're going to get that snow off. Come on, Pa, put me up in the loader. That is the kind of thing we don't want to see necessarily. How do you advise your clients to try to safely get that snow off? I've seen lots of different things people try over the years, but uh, just comes down to how big a span again, how tall a roof, you know, when you can reach the lower part of the shed at least and get some off with a good old-fashioned roof rake sometimes. Sometimes those work, sometimes they don't. Uh, They make lots of variations of that, you know, certain roof rakes that pull snow off, some roof rakes you cut underneath with a wire, cable basically then it slides off easier and you're turning around uh, sometimes they have the plastic behind them it's, it slides off good i've seen people with different type of lifts and telehandlers that'll get up and make a nice thing on a telehandler to pull the snow off as it they're lowering it as it goes down so this depends on access to the buildings uh, we, we still believe the best way for hand-on snow load is really some of the, the stuff you do ahead of time and the proactive things and looking for weak trusses and how the building, you know, what's cracked and what's got busted over time. And we can talk a little farther and a little bit about some of our, you know, proactive approaches to making sure everything is the way it was meant to be. Very true. Again, if you're just joining us, welcome to the Rural Mutual Roundtable. This time around, talking about being prepared for Wisconsin's winters and a lot of subtleties that have to be uh, really thought about when it comes to Wisconsin agriculture. Joined today by Carl Tomforta and Tony Aguado. They are in northwest Wisconsin, some rural mutual agents that have been around for a while and seen storms come and seen storms go. Now, we are talking about uh, snow loads on buildings uh, the risk for livestock. There's also risk for that valuable equipment. There's risk for the the feed that that building might have been protected. Give me a little sense. You get the phone call. How long do these processes take, fellas? Uh, because like you said, if I got to milk cows, I got to keep moving. But even if it's something like equipment or feed, I need response. Just give us a little sense in your previous experience. How fast does it really take to get things moving and get that claim covered? Uh, things do move pretty rapidly. Usually we take the phone call, you know, everybody's got our cell number, emergency like that. 
So usually that phone call happens right away. You know, we tell them to do what you got to do, the tarp, whatever you need to tarp if there's tarp situations. But usually if, if it's cattle, we'll go on the, the side that there's cattle to be moved. Uh, you know, luckily, you know, we call in the claim right away, usually have our office staff do that. A lot of times we're headed to that farm ourselves to see what needs to be done in person. It's usually quite remarkable. Usually word gets out to somebody, one of their friends that usually start, you know, figuring out where the cattle are going to go. One time we had a barn fire of 900 head and by the time I got there within an hour of the fire, the cattle were actually already a uh, already moved around between friends calling each other and other large farms, then it's a matter of coordinating enough trucking fast enough. So then it's the network of calling people we know, you know, can you haul some cattle? Can you call some of your friends to haul some cattle? And then with social media these days, as soon as a post is put out there, uh, somebody needs cattle hauled, you know, just about everybody's friends on social media. Next thing you know, there's more than enough trailers to move cattle quickly. Yeah. So first it's what what needs to be dispersed and are we talking dairy animals that you know they got to be milked within so many hours. Sure, sure. Uh, Tony, let's talk a little bit about, you know, we mentioned the coverage is snow load for example, just automatic coverage with Rural Mutual. What kind of conversation should I be having now with my agent to find out if that kind of a particular situation is even covered? Well, with Rural, we look at snow load per building. That's one way we're able to stay competitive. We're not going to be putting snow load on something that doesn't deserve it. And we'll have that conversation with the farmer and tell them why, hey, this is uh, you've got 10 foot spacing on these trusses and old bolt and ring construction. And it's all held together with some two inch drywall screws. This is not worthy here, but your nice freestyle. We've got six foot on center, two by 12 trusses. The trusses are notched into the vertical beams. This is meant to hold a lot of snow load here. Just kind of backing up when Carl was talking about dispersing cattle, one thing that a lot of people don't think about is, well, you were dependent on those cattle to make an income. So one thing that we always talk about and make sure is there is that loss of income, all right? I just lost my thousand head herd for eight months while I'm rebuilding. I don't have that milk check. How am I gonna survive? So one thing we're always talking about on our farms is loss of income and how we can replace that. So we're not just replacing a building. We're not just replacing any lost cattle or machinery. We're also replacing a check so that they can survive essentially. You know, and that's another subject that we do want to talk about, not to pivot too quickly from snow load, mm -hmm. but I think we kind of got the point there. Let's move on to something else that we don't necessarily think about. That's that slip situation. Carl, what else are we missing either on the snow load or look again, working ahead on what Tony mentioned, protecting that income you still have to function as a family as a business uh, one thing i just wanted to mention on snow load uh, and we encourage our farmers to do it as well as we're very proactive like when you look at a new farm we walk around with somebody from lost control or underwriter and look at each and every building we we see a lot of very farms very nice buildings which you know they intend to fix everything as soon as they see it and they're very proactive themselves but we still find some cracked trusses or busted trust 
you know, they don't realize when they're moving hay out of a hay shed sometimes and lifting round bales or big square bales that somebody just bumped the trust in. You know, and if they're busted bad, they're obvious, but if they're cracked sometimes and their structural integrity is compromised, you just don't really realize that unless you walk your buildings and look really hard at your trusses. So we, we get on some very nice operations that, you know, even there's surprise when we see a, a cracked or busted truss in some of the sheds. So just a quick walk around the farm, you know, once a year or so, you know, for that person to, you know, check their buildings because mm -hmm. that's something we just do when we're writing a farm from the beginning. Yeah. Or if we're just out there and walking some buildings with the farmer, you know, we, we just know, you know, what we're looking for and what we normally look for from starters. So mm -hmm. we kind of have the eye for that. Well, and that's but, why, that's why I like working with Rural Mutual, because like you said, you guys are there when there isn't a tragedy, you're there being proactive and taking my hand around that farmstead and uh, giving us that critical look at things. Again, Carl Tomforta, Tony Aguado, along with us from Northwest Wisconsin, two of our rural mutual agents. Let's talk about a couple more winter-related items that you fellas wanted to, to touch on. And, and one of them makes me laugh. Tony kind of alluded to it. We're not worried so much about just the collapse of a building on machinery, but boy, by golly, those little rodents, those little vermin can get in our farm equipment and do plenty of damage, too. You're, you're suggesting that that's just as important as far as winterizing as anything, huh, Tony? Yeah, we've had situations where we have what's called special coverage and basic coverage, and our farm machinery and our most of our buildings have special coverage. So if a rodent gets in, they're looking for a nice warm spot, they make a nest, chew up some wiring, which has happened too many times to people, then that is actually part of special coverage with your motorized farm machinery. And people always ask the question too, well, is my combine covered in my neighbor's shed and he's not insured with rural? And the answer there is yes, even if your machinery is in somebody else's shed and that company does not have collapse coverage on that building and it goes down, we still maintain that collapse coverage on the cabs of all our machinery. Wow, that I had not thought about, but very good point. Again, uh, we're talking a little bit about some of the winter hazards we want you to try to avoid or at least manage through. The other thing, you know, you mentioned the size of the farms that you're dealing with today versus maybe when you first started your career with Rural Mutual. The other thing that we've got on many farms today that we didn't have employees. Winter risk isn't just about me and my family. It's also about mitigating it for those employees. How do you guys walk around the farmstead and make sure that winter, spring, summer, fall, that those operations are providing a safe workspace for those employees? One of the things talked about uh, on reviews and stuff, or just, you know, talking about them in general, yeah, how do you maintain, you know, slippery areas? And, you know, first of all, the employees slow down on a slippery day and walking around and uh, trying to get, get around those icy spots. And then, you know, when do you salt or how soon do you salt and, you know, trying to react to some of those very slippery conditions. So, yes, it's always a very hard one and very easy to have some some slips around the farms. Well, and I can understand some of that outside, but there's also slipping, slipping, falling situations that you can protect yourself from in buildings, between buildings, in that parlor are you guys walking around trying to help people evaluate that area too? Because when you live in it and you work in it every day, you get used to taking that extra step or you get used to moving around that corner. 
But, uh, you know, when you get somebody like you guys with a critical eye on hand, you can help me fix it or put down a pad or do something. Yeah, just walk around the buildings with people kind of thinking, all right, where, when you take the snow off the roof or it falls mm -hmm. off the roof, are you letting it sit there? Are you pushing it away? Well, that downspout is leading right down into between these buildings. What's that going to cause in the winter? Well, that's going to cause ice. Can we look at diverting that downspout maybe just to, like you said, prevent these things before they happen? No, we're, we're not just talking exclusively about things that happen on the farm, folks, but we're so glad you're along with us if that is a part of your passion. This is the Rural Mutual Roundtable, and we are visiting with Carl Tom Forda and Tony Aguado. They are in northwest Wisconsin, and we're focused in on, like I said, trying to be a little bit proactive on some of the winter challenges. <laughs> winter brings blessings, and it brings challenges, fellas. Tony brought up an excellent point that I had never thought of myself, but apparently you guys get the question. If I'm out on the ice fishing, or if I'm out on the ice bringing my snowmobile around or something, and I pick the wrong spot, or I pick the wrong time for that spot, how does that scenario play, play out? I mean, I'm probably already fully embarrassed if my vehicle kind of goes through the ice, but when I call you guys, how do you walk through that call? Well, I guess really, I guess the first part is, okay, you had a car go through the ice, car can be replaced but people is everybody okay did everybody make it out of the water making sure they're okay but then looking at their policy and did they have comprehensive coverage on the vehicle that went through if they had comprehensive well you're in luck but if they didn't oh so sorry you're kind of out on your own on this one here the long and the short of it. So how often, yeah. you, you mentioned once uh, that you try to walk around your farmsteads at least once a year. Let's say that this conversation has already brought up some points in my head that I'm not clear on when it comes to my policy. Uh, how often should we be revisiting this? Uh, you know, I added that extra piece of equipment at the tail end of 2023 for tax breaks. How do I, how often should I be communicating with you fellas on uh, my policy, my coverage, what I've added, what I've sold, that type thing? Uh, well, most of our clients actually contact us immediately, you know, call the office staff and make changes to their farm, personal property, or that's pretty much anybody adding anything. Otherwise, uh, as an agency, and just about all agencies, reach out to somebody once a year, see if they want to get together for a review and we can say pretty much all our farm clients or commercial clients definitely like to sit down once a year and just review their coverages, talk about things that might have changed, uh, you know, see where they're going in the future. So, so it's definitely always a good idea to do a review once a year, but all in everything else as it happens. Well, and Tony, you made a really good point. It's the things that we don't think about that can sometimes get skipped on that policy, like replacing that income, making sure that if I slip or fall or something like that, that that income kind of still keeps moving on. Tell me how complicated or complex that policy addition is. Well, just to add loss of income is actually a very, very simple change to your policy because it's not just income, it's also extra expense. So for a farm situation, everybody's drying their grain right now. Their dryer starts on fire. Well, now they're down the income because they might have lost a whole bunch of bushels of corn and they can't continue to dry. So now they have this extra expense of 
they got to truck all this grain somewhere. They have to pay a storage fee. They have to pay a drying fee, which is where that extra expense kicks in. So they're not feeling the burden of having that fire. We're really stepping in and taking care of them in that situation. You know, it's not just about you realizing where the risks are, taking it easier, things like that. I've got to make sure that message gets through to my employees as well. And for some of us that have employees that might not have English as their primary language, that can be a little bit of a challenge. Tell me a little bit how Rural Mutual tries to assist me in that regard. Yeah, so Rural partners with a company called MedCorp, which is essentially a nurse's hotline, and they handle all of our work comp claims. So you call the number that we provide them, that they have signs hanging around the farm everywhere, so they always know the number. They'll take down the information, tell them how to treat the injury, and so forth. But then a lot of our farms have migrant workers who may not know English or don't have the best English. And if they were the one that was injured, that person at MedCorp can translate to and from Spanish to take in the claim and talk them through how to treat their injury to make sure that they're okay. It is all about the people. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate it. Tony Aquato, along with Carl Tomforda, they are two rural mutual agents that are from Northwest Wisconsin joining us today on the Rural Mutual Roundtable. Remember, as we said, if you're looking for those resources or would like to find an agent near you, very simple to do. Just jump online, ruralmutual.com. And remember, every dollar invested in rural mutual insurance stays here to keep Wisconsin strong. Again, ruralmutual.com. Thanks again to Tony and Carl. My name is Pam Yankee, and that is your Rural Mutual Roundtable. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday.